Welcome to your Friday bonus episode of Mentors on the Mic. I am so thrilled to give you these little mini bonus episodes. You guys seem to be really liking them. And whether you've come here from my longer Monday mentor interviews or have checked out some of these wonderful mini bonus episodes, I hope you enjoy this. These are just either tips from my mentors or tips that I've learned along the way that I teach my clients in either communications or in acting. So here is your mini bonus episode. Welcome to another bonus episode of Mentors on the Mic podcast. Today we're breaking down an incredible resource that I wanted to learn more about and share with all of you. It's New York Women in Film and Television. Maybe you've maybe you've heard of it, or maybe you've seen the letters, the acronym NYWIFT, and we're like, what's that? So I brought two very, very special people on the podcast to help break down what exactly is this incredible association? Um, what can they offer us? So Janine McColdrick and Katie Chambers, they both came and they're going to discuss different things. So Janine really breaks down who she is. She's great. And they both are very involved in the entertainment industry for many, many years. But Janine also co-hosts the Women Crush Wednesday podcast um, for the New York Women in Film and Television. And Katie Chambers is the Community Engagement Director. So she broke down what kind of resources does, you know, New York Women in Film and Television offer? If you're going to create a film, right, um, can you apply for a fiscal sponsorship? Can you apply for a grant, a fund? How do you get support? Maybe you want to find people to work with and you're like, well, where do I go? This is the place to do so. In fact, Janine said that when she created her film, her line producer and her director were straight out of New York Women in Film and Television. So let's say you write something and you're like, well, how do I get it up on its feet? Who do I work with? Um, If I want more work, where do I go? This is a great association for you. And not only that, it's open to, it says women in the title, but it's open to men as well. They're male members. There is non-binary. So here we go. Without further ado, here are the ladies of New York Women in Film and Television. All right. Welcome, Janine and Katie, to Mentors on the Mic. I'm very, very excited to talk to you guys all about New York women in film and television. We're going to start with some introductions. So Janine, can you start? Who are you? What have you done? How are you affiliated with New York women in film and television? What's your story? My name is Janine McGoldrick. I am a former publicist, film and television publicist for over 20 years. And in the past year or two, I have made the transition to get more onto the development content side. And I'm creating my own documentary while I pick up some other freelance projects and help some other people out. So publicist to producer is kind of a short uh, way of saying, um, you know, where I've been in the industry, but I've worked at companies such as Universal, Artisan Entertainment, HBO, Cohen Media Group. So everything from small independent foreign films to big blockbusters, I've done Oscar winning films, Oscar winning film, The Salesman. I worked on that. I worked on the second Jurassic Park. 
television uh, shows the one of the well I don't know if it's the no? biggest but it used to be the biggest DVD my big fat Greek wedding I did the oh. for that when that DVD came out Very so cool. and that was like on the start of when DVDs became big so a lot of home entertainment properties too Amazing. so yeah it's 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 been great it's been wonderful and I think I joined New York Women in Film way back in the late 90s that's kind of dating myself but primarily I joined because you got invited to a lot of free screenings. Mm, yeah, so that's, that's the way to start. Me, I had totally that, hear that. That was my segue in. And I really didn't get fully involved probably until the last maybe five or six years. I you know, came back to the organization when I was looking to kind of make a change. I had a very good friend who was a board member at the time and she got me hooked into the podcast. Um, She has since segued out and now I am producing and co-hosting our podcast called Women Crush Wednesdays. Yes. And now I feel like I'm much more immersed in taking advantage of all that NYWIFT has to offer. Mm. And I kind of kicked myself for not doing it in those early years, but I did enjoy a lot of free, free screenings. So excellent. Yeah. Sounds like a win. Yeah. And then, and specifically with the podcast, we're going to play a clip after this, but I do want to ask just like, what are some, who are some of the people that you've spoken to? What are some of the topics you go over? Oh gosh. We have talked to so many people from high profile actresses, such as Patina Miller. Mm. We have Tanya Pinkins coming on the podcast pretty soon. Ali Stoker, comedian Judy Gold. We had a lot of wonderful filmmakers, including Nadia Hallgren, who did the documentary with Michelle Obama. We also have had everyone from makeup artist Ricky Johnson. Thank you. Yeah. Ricky Johnson, who was a makeup artist for CBS for years and worked with everyone from Walter Cronkite to the Beatles, you know, everything from those people to independent filmmakers, Stacey Gregg, who just came out with one of her first feature films. So we like to run the gamut and really we want to try to profile a lot of our members. We have segments such as Uh, Women Crush Wednesday Spotlight, meet a member so that we learn who's in our community and we can network that way. And we also want to highlight all the wonderful accomplishments that our members do. So we like to give shout outs to them and invite them to come on and tell their own stories. And even if it's not an interview, we've had people submit like five minute audio files on a lesson that they've learned during their career or a funny story that's happened. So anything that gives a voice to our community Mm -hmm. is what we try to do on the podcast. Excellent. Well, it's a great podcast and I'm so excited. Thank I hope you. people immediately check it out after this. And Katie, can you introduce yourself to the audience? Sure. Hi, I'm Katie Chambers. I am the Senior Director of Community and Public Relations at NYWIFT. So I'm a staff member. I've been on staff. Um, it's actually going to be my seven year anniversary coming up next week. I can't believe Congrats. it. Wow. It feels like both yesterday and and that it's been 20 years. It's, it's an interesting feeling, but as on staff, I manage all of our communications, both internal and external, our relationship with the press, public relations, social media initiatives, as well as oversee our membership program in terms of recruitment and retention and producing member events. 
I co-produce some of our special events, including the Nywift Muse Awards, which is really fun. Mm. But I've been in the business for a while. I was actually a member myself before I became a staff member full time. So I've been I, I've seen both sides of Nywift, both mm. as a member and as one of the leadership team. Um, I my first job working the business was for Scott Rudin Productions. I worked for yeah. the Theater Club. I was a talent agent, which is what eventually brought me to to New York Women in Film and Television. Amazing. Excellent. And so, yeah, lots of experience between the two of you in the industry, which is very indicative, I feel like, of the people who work um, but at New York, New York Women in Film and Television. But what I'd like to ask next is a little bit about, like, how is this a resource for people in the audience? I want people to feel like, oh, they have a very strong idea of what you guys do, the mission, some of the stuff you guys offer for filmmakers, for female directors, for female actors, what kind of I mean, stuff besides you- just the free screenings exactly which is which, huge which all, you know, free honestly, screenings. there are more more than 100 free screenings throughout the year so if yeah. that that alone i always say that makes your membership more than worthwhile but yeah free screenings aside it it truly is a community it's we've been around since 1977 um the business has changed a lot for women since then mm-hmm. and also in some respects it hasn't and having that community of like-minded individuals is so integral to feeling safe, to feeling heard, to feeling supported. So yes, we're a professional association. We have members who work in all aspects of the business, like you said, from directors to producers, to writers, to below the line crew people, to film professors, to TV critics. So it really is an interesting and valuable way for people to network and to expand their their community, both both in person when we have in-person networking, as well as online. Um, we offer 50 plus professional development programs a year so women can hear from different thought leaders, hear different people just like them in the business who are maybe up and comers who are on their way hearing about their career paths and getting their advice. So it really is a good educational resource as well as as a social resource. Excellent. And then you guys also do provide like there's funds and grants for people as well. So can you talk a little bit about some of the stuff that's offered in that way? Sure. We have a couple of specific funds for women filmmakers, um, including our Ravenel Foundation feature film grant, which is specifically for a second time uh, woman feature mm-hmm. film director, I believe in narrative. As, as so many studies have found, it's one thing to get your first film off the mm-hmm. ground when you can get a lot of crowdfunding support or yes. support from friends and family. But then when you turn around, you can't tap those resources a second time for your second film. So yes. that's often where women filmmakers tend to falter. So we have that. Um, we have that's our huge. Lead. Yeah, it, it is huge. And it's unusual to have something that focuses so specifically on that part of your career. Yeah. Um, and you hear time have- and time again, and I've talked about it with guests that a lot of times, you know, female filmmakers will even, even if they have a very successful, like hit right off the gate, right out of the gate, the, the opportunities are few and far between afterwards. Mm-hmm. And you feel like in sort of in comparison to men who will have like a wonderful indie hit, they'll be offered huge blockbusters afterwards. Yes. And it's just not the same for women. Based off of their one car commercial. Well, that exactly. that's often what we talk about is that people unfortunately tend to hire other people that remind them of themselves. And mm. as long as you continue to have a certain type of person in positions of power, that's going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy. So a lot mm. of what we hope to do is to cultivate the next generation of women leaders with the hope that you know, women tend to hire other women and eventually this won't have to be a conversation anymore. It'll all be even. Yeah. But we're not there yet. 
And there, there are a few more grants and funds that people can look up on the website as well to see if they, you know, something fits them or they feel like, I, I know there's um, one specifically for anyone trying to make something related to disabilities. Yeah, I saw our, on the website. We have a Arbus Disability Awareness Grant for Amazing. a film about, about by or about something to do with, with someone who is disabled. And Excellent. we also, outside of the funds, we have a couple initiatives like our Writers Lab for Women Screenwriters Over 40. That's not a fund, but that is a four-day right development retreat specifically for women writers over the age of 40. Again, mm. another very specific underserved community that we hope Absolutely. to hope to address. And that's open to members only, right? Nope. It's open nope. to the public. Excellent. Good for people to know. And it's a, it's a great, maybe another great way of, of, uh, entering the community without having to commit right away to membership, almost like the free, you know, just something for people to note. And then there's also an intern mentor program that I thought was really exciting considering this podcast is called mentors on the mic. Can yes. you touch on that a little bit? Sure. We have um, interns who work with us in our office, or in this case, it is our virtual office <laughs> going, going on year three of that. I can't believe it. Yeah. Um, and after they complete the internship program, we pair them with a mentor from our membership and, in a field that they're interested in to work, to work with them one-on-one. Can you name some of the mentors that people have been paired with? If, if you can't name them specifically, you know, in some sort of field of, you know, specifics so people can kind of get an idea if that's something. Sure. I don't manage in. the program, so I can't speak Fair. to the individuals, but I know that it's been network executives. We've had a couple of interns who are interested in going into advertising, a lot of who are interested in documentary filmmaking, nice. some in casting. So yeah, just, just like with our membership, it really is reflective of the diversity of opportunities in the industry. Excellent. And I believe and- Nightwift also has fiscal sponsorship for projects mm-hmm. as well, which is another mm-hmm. good way to keep, if you're already a member, to keep everything in-house and you're working with people that you already know and trust. Yeah. I love that idea too, that if someone wants to make a film, maybe they can go you know, to you guys and network with other female, Mm -hmm. you know, females in the industry and then form a team, form, form uh, a crew. We'll often hear that, that someone went to one of our events and they walked out with five crew members. And that's, that's just what we want to hear. Yeah. My line producer uh, is a board member and my director, I found through NYWIFT as well. Amazing. Love it. That's great. I love it. All right. Thank you so much. And I am so excited to share a clip from your podcast, Women Crush Wednesdays, presented by New York Women in Film and Television. This clip is featuring guest Patina Miller. You might know her from Pippin. She's just been in so much, including television um, and film. Madam Secretary, she was a series regular on Hunger Games. So you've seen her in a lot of different things. And so she talks about it in this clip. And thank you guys so much. And I appreciate the both of you and all your work. Well, thank you for having us. Bye. You have tons of theater experience. You've been on Broadway, you performed in iconic musicals like Pimpin and Sister Act. How was the transition for you from stage to film when you were cast in the role of Commander Paler and Hunger Games Mock and Jay films? Oh my God, I was terrified. But you know what? I, when I'm terrified of something, that it, it does something to me. Um, and that's when I get my best work. I was terrified for Pippin, you know, the thought of taking on a, a male role, you know, making it female and, you know, coming after the iconic Ben Vereen, uh, the heights involved with all the circus stuff. So I really work from a place um, of, of challenges. Like I love when something challenges me, but you know, theater is a medium I'd already known and been in for a long time. Transitioning into, uh, 
the movie realm while being on stage, it was almost as if I took all of that energy, all the things that I love about creating um, something wild and exciting and scary for the stage. I took it into that process. I mean, you know, coming off of my stage work thrust into this big budget film was craziness all around. Um, but I felt super honored and I wanted to just bring this strong female character. Uh, I wanted to bring her to life and make it that she fit in that world. And she definitely did. Um, and I just kind of hit the ground running and I watched, I watched a lot of people. I watched Woody Harrelson. I watched Jennifer Lawrence. I am always a student. So I love watching people work. And that's where I did, you know, I, I watched everyone, Julianne Moore, all the people surrounding me. I just watched because it's a medium I wasn't um, familiar with at first, but that was like two days. And then after two days, I was like, okay, this is it. Yeah, I got this. I can do this. <laughs> yes. And you did spectacular. Tina, I want to go backwards a bit before we go forward in your amazing career. We would love to know about the time when you auditioned for Whoopi Goldberg for the role of Dolores and Sister Act which is the role she played in the film. Do you have any stories or memories from that time that you can share with us? I sure do. So not only did I get to audition for Whoopi, but later on, cut to 2009, 2010, I actually got to play opposite Whoopi Goldberg in Sister Act while we were in London. Oh my so gosh. my audition, I know, I know, it's incredible. I grew up watching this movie. It was one of the things my, my, my siblings and I would do at my grandmother's house every weekend was we would wear out Sister Act 1 and 2. <laughs> so whenever this came to pass that I was going to be involved in the show, I started out as the understudy um, at a uh, local production, um, a dual production, I'm sorry, in L.A. and in Atlanta. And from there, I had known the role and I went to London because the director hadn't found anyone for Dolores yet. But he was like, can you just come? You understudied it. You know the role. Just like fill in for those two weeks in London and we'll thank you so much, you'll get paid. And I was like, sure, but I'm coming for the role. I'm going to make you see that I could be Dolores. Yes. Um, and so I did it in, in London. It was great. We come back. Then Whoopi Goldberg is brought into the process because they're thinking about taking it to London and putting it up there the next following year. And so they did the whole search. They were, they were looking for people, but I was still in the back of my director's mind. Um, and so I came in and I, um, I remember I got to sing for Whoopi. It was just me and Whoopi in at uh, New World Stages um, and the music director. And she just sat and I got to perform the songs for her. And she gave me some valuable advice. She said, advice, she said, forget what she had done and to put my own stamp on it, to, to go big, you know, make bold choices and have fun. And I have always taken that advice with me from then uh, to all my projects, but especially to the humongous giant that was Dolores and Cartier. And then, you know, to be able to perform opposite her, <laughs> she played the mother superior. It was the best 10 days ever learning from someone like that. I mean, in the laughs that she would get every night as the mother superior. I mean, it was great. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you haven't yet, do me a favor, drop a five-star review. 
Follow on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. And find me on Instagram. I'm at, at Michelle Simone Miller and at Mentors on the Mic. Share this in your stories. Let me know what you think. Share it with a friend. And I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it and getting to know more about New York women in film and television.